most salespeople can talk endlessly about the product mm-hmm. that they're selling. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that nobody cares about your product. <laughs> you know, you're selling a drill and people want to get a hole in the wall, right? So you got to be able to flip it around and communicate that that quickly. So that's where we, we see a lot of room for improvement out there. Well, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today is going to be talking about sales. Now, before you get turned off by talking about sales. It is a process about structuring a sales development process. I'm pretty intrigued by it. We've got a lot of great information coming at you, so I want to make sure that you're prepared for it. If you're running any type of a business or you're inside of a business organization and you're just trying to figure out, our sales process is a little out of kilter. We're not quite exactly sure how it's working, or we feel like we need to improve the process quite a bit because we're getting some opportunities coming in, but we don't quite exactly know where they're coming from or how to replicate them. We're going to get you some information on that today. So get prepared and ready for this conversation. But before we jump into it, I do want to uh, remind you and ask you to, one, share this episode. If you have anybody in your world of of, uh, influence that is really interested in this type of topic of sales or uh, working on building their business, share this with them. Send it to them in a text message or share it on LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you're at. Make sure you get that information to them. Secondly, we ask you to subscribe. You can do that in a couple of different ways. Number one is on our YouTube page. Just go in there and hit that subscribe button. We have a brand new episode that comes out every Tuesday morning. Plus, we've got all kinds of other interesting and hopefully informative content that comes your way over the course of every week. So make sure you subscribe there. And secondly, you can subscribe to the audio version of this podcast by going to lockdoc.net slash podcast. We've got over 150 episodes available for you to check out. That includes topics directly related to business ideas, practices, and strategies, and we want you to be uh, involved in all of them. And we want you to know when the new episode comes out every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., so check that out. But right now, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for this conversation with Dave Delaney. We got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break, it's time for a coffee break, oh yeah. Well David, thank you for joining us today. We're ready to get rocking and rolling. Uh, the way that we start every episode is rapid fire, five randomly selected questions just to get under your skin with unknown point values. Are you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. And, and I, I've prefaced this a lot. I, these are completely random. I have zero idea what I'm getting ready to ask you. So uh, get <laughs> ready. Scared. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, what is your favorite scent? Scent? Yeah. Uh, pizza. Okay. All right. Well, we're friends. Um, <laughs> who doesn't like the smell of a freshly cooked pizza? <laughs> Big time. I know. The only time I don't want it is if I just ate one. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm I'm good, but otherwise so I love it. Have you seen the the uh the videos uh on YouTube from the Barstool sports guy that does the one bite pizza reviews? No, okay. I haven't. You got to you got to check it out if you like pizza. All right, second question. <laughs> when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grow up? Spy. A spy. Yeah. Okay, elaborate. Oh, I mean, James Bond, right? And and actually, this is controversial. So I, I uh, came up with the uh, Roger Moore 
version of James Bond, right? Okay. So uh, it's a dark horse, you know? A lot mm. of people are, have really strong opinions, but for me, Roger Moore is James Bond, and uh, I wanted to be him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then, you know, I, I realized what it takes to get into the CIA. It's not an easy, yeah. <laughs> it's not an easy process. We could do a whole podcast about that. And so um, went, went into, you know, consulting instead. But but seriously, you like went down the path of trying to get into the CIA, CIA or thinking I about checked it. it out. Really? Yeah, yeah right. I checked it out. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and, you know, it's it's a it's a rigorous process. They don't let any, any just anybody. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not just like sign up and get started tomorrow type thing. No, you would think. I mean, I maybe I could become like an informant or something. I think I go. might be qualified for that, but that's about it. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, question number three. Where do you spend most of your day? On Zoom. <laughs> Zoom and Slack yeah. these days. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, unfortunately, the last 18 months has been pretty much in front of a computer, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to get back, you know, live and be with the team and be with people. So I'm itching for it. Yeah, most definitely. And you're, what part of the country are you in? Yeah. So I live just South of San Francisco. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. uh, We, uh, we got to, to visit that side of the country we're in North Carolina. Uh, so we got to visit that side of the country a couple of years back and it was, it was a really cool time. Very cool. All right. Next one. Would you prefer uh, luxury beach vacation or backpacking? Oh God, luxury beach vacation for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, God. I I went all the way through Boy Scouts, and uh, it, you know now my son is getting into it. I'm like, uh oh, when are we doing the 50 miler? Yeah, <laughs> we did like a 50 miler where you live out of a backpack. Right now, I'm totally down for give me a cold drink, sit me next to a pool with a book. I'm good. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> all right, last question. Do you have a guilty pleasure, and if so, what is it? Oh, what is my guilty pleasure? Um, Costco chicken bakes. Okay. Um, and this is exciting. Um, if anybody hasn't had a that's, Costco chicken that is bake. The best, that is like the best answer. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. I've never tasted one, but they look really good. Oh, you're, yeah, dude, you're missing out. Um, so you never get the hot dog or the pizza. And even though, you know, like I said, I like pizza. Always go for the chicken bake. Uh, pro tip though. They just started selling them, you know, boxed and frozen. And really? They're probably, they're probably going to make their next billion right there because we got a box and it's, it's, it's good. <laughs> chicken bake, Costco chicken bake at home. All right. Oh, yeah. I've learned, I mean, if nothing else today, I've learned something absolutely practical. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is what we're about here, bringing value to our uh, our listeners. We talk about <laughs> talking about uh, business ideas, practices, and strategies, and we'll have to tag in their great Costco finds. Um, very cool. Well, you passed five rapid-fire questions. We'll give you a score of 693, so congratulations on the score. That's not bad. Yeah, especially when the scale is uh, unknown. Well, let's uh, let's kind of jump into it. Again, we appreciate you being here today. Your company is called Tinbound. Is that am I pronouncing that correctly, or did I mess it all up? No, you got it. Now, give me the give me the background behind the name because I'm 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 intrigued. Yeah, so we'll talk about this, but we focus on sales development. So so the front end of the sales process and prospecting, cold calling. 
you know, following up on inbound leads. And the shorthand for it is you're going outbound, you know, to make the calls mm-hmm. or knock on doors, or you're going inbound mm-hmm. where the leads are coming to you and you're, you're, and I wanted to call it all bound, you know, cause we were going to be all over, you know, the sales development industry and the all bound was taken, unfortunately, but a quick Google search said that 10 bound was still available. Okay. Right? So uh, 10x, you know, your yeah. sales development with 10 bound. So we took it and never looked back. I got it. I that that was what I was thinking that it was going after, but I wanted I wasn't quite sure, so I wanted to to get it uh, directly from. It's interesting now how much Google uh, commands the names of our of our businesses. Right? We were we were working on a a, a process here recently of a kind of a spin up that we're working on and trying to come up with a unique name that was not so. Um, ambiguous, right? But it had to have some relevancy, and it's it's tough now because there's a lot of them out there. So, yeah. uh, got to get that yeah. domain. You got to you got to just like hack something together to make a new word. <laughs> Otherwise, it's it's hard to stand out. So, yeah, yeah. And there's another company called Tenfold, okay. which is a huge company, and and we get you know mistaken for them sometimes, which is great. You know, it's free <laughs> free advertising. <laughs> I like it. Well, very cool. So your your focus on the sales process or I guess developing a sales cycle, sales process, kind of managing it, kind of spinning it up. I, I'm, I'm trying to think in context. A lot of our listener base is small business world. A lot of the folks that I've talked to, um, some of the feedback that I've gotten is there's a lot of interest in starting a sales process, building a sales process, building a sales team. And a lot of times, obviously, as I'm sure you're very well uh, well knowledgeable of, in small business, a lot of times the owner or somebody that is running the business is the best salesperson, right? They're the person that sells the most. And I think there's a lot of people, and that's one of the reasons I'm really interested in this conversation today. I think that there's a lot of businesses out there that are very interested in, okay, I've struggled with the sales process up to this point, and I really want to figure out a way to make it better, but how do I get started? Because what's the liability of putting bad salespeople out there versus the liability of selling the wrong solutions or whatever? So kind of walk me through... Um, because, and I think, I think maybe a way to get started on it is understanding a bigger philosophy. So, you know, we like to, a lot of times go to bigger organizations that have, have worked this out, you know, for years and kind of take those models and then kind of digest it. So what is a typical in your, your world, what's the typical kind of structure for a sales organization? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and we're here in Silicon Valley, you know, so all all of our clients are, software companies, 100%. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, software companies have a, a way of structuring their sales process where they break out the sales team into three distinct departments. Okay. So they've got the sales development team, which is wholly focused on building sales pipelines. So setting up meetings for the next part of the process, which is the account executive team, which is the salespeople who take those meetings and convert them into qualified pipeline and and hopefully get the contract signed. Mm-hmm. Then they take that and hand it over to the customer success team who make sure that they never cancel their subscription. Yep. That's essentially what their job is. And so we really focus on that front end sales development team and the sales development process and, and provide 
you know, content and, and information and advice on how to do that. So for the small business owner, as you're thinking about it, I think the first thing is getting a getting a readout on where you are in the in the overall picture. Do you have a you know, you're the one salesperson. Do you have a team of salespeople? Is it getting bigger to the point where there's a sales manager? And each of those steps, you know, in your growth process is going to have a different way to look at this. If mm-hmm. right now you're the only salesperson at your company, the one one way to think about it is how much time are you spending on that front end process of building sales pipeline? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I... I Probably, you know, if you're anything like me, not much, you yeah. know, because yeah. it's very time consuming. It's it's doing research. It's finding names. It's finding phone numbers. It's doing all these activities that have nothing to do with a short term, you know, closing a deal. Yeah. And so if you're spending a ton of time doing that, you know, it might be, you know, time to or you're spending no time and your pipeline's looking a little thin, Sure, it might be time to think about, hey, how do we focus on that process a little bit? I appreciate you lining that out. And again, trying to take some of the take some of the strategy or the structure uh, that you, the framework, I guess, that you just lined out and trying to put it into context for, you know, even our business, but uh, other other businesses that would be in a kind of a similar, uh, similar state. The sales development funnel for us, and just to kind of keep that in comparison, and you're talking about outbound activities, I'm I'm imagining. I mean, there's some inbound based off of, um, you know, whatever advertisement or SEO or whatever. So you've got some inbound and outbound happening. Is is that kind of what I – am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, exactly. So that's that's what we really focus on, um, that that optimizing – both of those processes. And if you're lucky enough to get inbound leads yeah. or you're doing a good job with marketing, you know, you want to make sure that none of those are falling through the cracks mm-hmm. and, you know, all th- those are like gold, right? So that you're getting as much value from all that marketing that you're doing and you're not leaving any of those leads behind. So making sure that that process is on point. And then what do you do when the inbound leads run out? Mm-hmm. You know, that now, you know, we don't have enough sales appointments. We don't have enough pipeline. We got to go outbound. So mm-hmm. it's like, how do we, uh, you know, optimize that process? So starting from that point, because this is I, I'm, I'm building a lot here, and I'm trying to I'm trying to process all this. The inbound stuff, especially in our business, and and again, trying to trying to keep things contextual. Inbound for us is is not necessarily an issue. Inbound happens very regularly. A lot of businesses that I get to talk to, they struggle with even attacking the outbound because a lot of times they're just so poured into the inbound stuff. But there's other opportunities out there, right? So there's the ability to continue to scale and continue to grow if you even could just put effort towards the outbound. But outside of that, the consistency between those two paths, customers calling based off of uh, advertisement, based off of website, whatever, versus um, people calling outbound to say, "Hey, you know, how, this is how we can help us provide a solution for you." But a lot of times in small business, you don't even if you've got that fluctuation or you, if you have that really good funnel coming in of inbound stuff, you don't even pay any attention to outbound. It's just yeah. it's just non-existent. How much are we missing out on because we're not even we don't even have a process put in place for that? Yeah, I mean, it's something to think about, right? Because 
in the in a perfect world, your marketing would be all dialed in, and it would just go right into a funnel, and they'd swipe their credit card, and you know, you could sit on. We'll go to that beach, right? Yeah, that we yeah. were talking about, <laughs> like sit on the beach, and and that that and and I mean, building a small business is so hard. Like, there's so many different things that you're trying to figure out. But but if 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 that is on point, and and you feel like that process is is working really well. Um, but you just need more sales appointments. You need more pipeline. You, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to reach your goal based on the pipeline that's being created by that inbound funnel. Then we got to start thinking about something else, right? So it, it, what? What? Yeah. To your point, what we have a lot of control over is can we throw some more money at Google? Or can we throw some more money at Facebook? That's why they're, you know, crushing it yeah. <laughs> right now. Or are there other things? And and so, you know, what some small businesses do is they start to look at outsourced options, you sure. know, and, and it, that's a whole world of um, the outbound outsourced sales development, uh, you know, process that you could dip your toes into. Some of them look at it and they hire like one kind of junior salesperson mm-hmm. It could be a senior salesperson, but it's somebody who doesn't want to necessarily close deals, mm-hmm. but they just want to focus on building pipeline and just, you know, you give them all the information that you can and have them start start going for it. So there's a lot of different options that you could potentially do to build the pipeline, just depending on what's going on with your company. Okay. So yeah. let's, let's move into that. So say, you know, I'm, I'm in a position where I say, okay, we want to... Uh, start to build a structure for uh, some outbound activity. We we feel okay with the inbound. Like, yeah, we want to make it better always, but le- we want to really spin up an outbound. The cold calls, the schedule, getting appointments scheduled for opportunities because we already have, you know, our account executive team or what we call them, account management team, right? So we have that in place, but now we need to drive opportunities for them. What are some things that you're going to start to look at and say, hey, here is um, here's some things that you need to be aware of. Here's some questions you need to start asking. How do you start that process? What is the what's kind of the the preliminary checklist that we need to be ma- thinking of? Yeah, I mean, and it can be a little bit overwhelming to think about it. So try to chunk it down into like manageable parts. And I'll, I'll just say, you know, start a start a Google Doc, start a Word document, you know, whatever you use mm-hmm. and, and call it your outbound playbook, you know, done. Like that's one quick thing that you can do right now. So you're going to create an outbound playbook and basically in the outbound playbook, it's like, who are your top customers that you have right now? Mm-hmm. And within those top customers, what are those attributes of them that, that make them the top customers? You know, what industry are they in? How big are they? What departments do they have? What 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 constitutes that from an account level? So yeah. the companies, and and again, we're, we're all B two B here, so I I don't know anything about B two C, but from a B two B perspective, mm-hmm. what are those top accounts? Yep. Okay, now next level within those accounts, who are the you know top three people that you usually need to talk to to make a deal happen? So we just kind of bucket them down. Who's the decision maker? Who's the influencer or champion? And then who would be kind of the end user, you know, of your product? Mm-hmm. And you, you got to get a, some kind of like straw man of, of those people. You know, who are they? What are their usual titles? What are their usual pain points? Right. OK, so now we've got those. Next is there's got to be some kind of scripts 
you know, for the, for the you as the owner or the person who's going to do the job, mm-hmm. there's got to be some kind of message, you know, to those people yep. that might make them a little bit curious and want to take a meeting with you. Sure. So we got to start, let's start brainstorming, like just throw in a bunch of words and some vocabulary and, and some pain points and different things that these people say Yeah. and try to bang out, you know, three or four cold call scripts that you can start to use and, and practice on. There you go. So now you got something. And this is this is way better than the way most companies do it, where they just hire somebody and they're like, here, dude, you figure it out. I don't want to, I don't want to write a playbook, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, and so you know, we could talk about that, but you don't want to set up somebody to fail, you know, at the company as their your first SDR. So you got to kind of do it yeah. based on your own experience. Yeah, we, we hired somebody to go do cold calls and nothing happened and they were horrible. So we're not going to try that again. Mm-hmm. But you basically set them up for oh, failure. Yeah. yeah, totally. That happens all the time. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of factors there. It could be the wrong person. You know, maybe sure. they never wanted to get into sales and they just said whatever, you know, to get the job. Um, but, but if it's a good person, you know, who's trying really hard and they're trying to get into sales and they understand that they're going to face a lot of struggle and rejection and doing it, and you've equipped them with like some basic information and, and some a couple of days of training, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's your way ahead of most people. I, I, I appreciate that. That's a, a really good structure there. That anybody can kind of start with. Again, it could be overwhelming because you can go way into detail there, but at least you've got some concept and, and, and it's going to, I guess, get you in a point of understanding where your hiccups are going to be or where your struggles are going to be. I don't even understand who my top customers are. If you can't even get to that point, that's definitely a, a big hurdle, right? And, and that's not uncommon, I would imagine. We understand the frustrations HOA board members and property managers face when deciding the best solution for their HOA and pool security. Should we use a keypad, hand out keys, or install a key card system? Do we even need cameras? These are some of the questions that are difficult to navigate, and we're here to help. At LockDock Security, we've spent over 20 years working with homeowners associations and property managers to find a system that best fits the pool and HOA needs camera systems for the front gate or front entrance, key card systems for the pool gates, or simply updating the gate so that it meets safety and code compliance. We like to take the guesswork out of the process to answer any questions and help find the right solution. Our mission is to help you protect your people and your property, and that includes pools. Contact our team today to schedule your free consultation for your community. What are some other things that you're helping um, like these companies work through when you're talking about kind of developing that, um, you know, that SDR role or, or maybe, maybe they already have it, but you're trying to help them improve it. What are some kind of natural hiccups that you're running into? Yeah. I mean, the other, the other factor that's really important and, and again, it's, it's uh, I don't want to overwhelm you, but Mm -hmm. it's like data. The data is critical for this role. So, when I mean data, it's it's the list is what's you know really going. To, my friend Ryan Reiser calls it the list is the strategy mm. uh, ultimately for this position. And so what I mean by that is um, you want to make sure that it's a, uh, a prioritized 
fresh contact list so that the SDR can start to go through it and make the calls and actually interact with people and start to understand what's working and what's not in the messaging. So the, uh, the big mistake that we see is we, the companies don't put a lot of emphasis on the, the list. And so they've got this old list of people who don't work there anymore with bad phone numbers, bad emails, and the SDR spends a lot of time just kind of, you know, spinning their wheels, reaching out to people that don't exist anymore. So you really got to sit down and, and think, you know, what? how can we set them up for success in the best way possible with the best list? And so some simple, you know, in the B2B world, one simple hack is make sure that they've got full access to LinkedIn, you know, with the, the sales navigator sure. uh, product. Um, and I don't work for them or anything, but, you know, yeah. that 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 contact data is pretty fresh because it's 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 updated by the actual person on, you know, on LinkedIn. So it's, it's better than most. And then look at some good data providers that focus on your industry and make sure that you're setting them up initially with a, a decent list mm-hmm. to start to uh, reach out to. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very good advice. And, um, it's funny because, you know, I think as, as business owners or leaders or whatever, you you ultimately get on these lists and then people contact you. And I I find it humorous at times because a lot of people are contacting me for the wrong, you know, the wrong the wrong uh, opportunity, you know. And in, and at the end of the day, they're wasting their time. So you've got an SDR that's in some company that's trying to chase down our company as a lead, but they've got the wrong person. So I think that's very valuable information. And we've all experienced that. You know, we've all, we've all experienced that type of thing where you're looking at old data or they're calling. Uh, you know, one of the ones we see around here a lot is they're calling and asking for somebody that, you know, retired 15 years ago. Well, yeah, like that, how old is that data that they're working on? And it's just wasted energy. And to your point, if somebody is, you've set somebody up for failure at that point, because they do that for eight hours in a day, and they just have old bad data, like they're going to, they're just going to struggle. Yeah, exactly. And, and so there's a lot there. I mean, uh, you know, and not to make everybody data scientists or anything, but, but after they've been doing it for a few months, you can kind of start to look at, okay, they sent out, you know, 500 emails, they made 500 phone calls and we set, you know, 16 meetings Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, now we've got some basic data, Uh, you know, every quarter you kind of look through it and go, okay, I think that I see some area for improvement, you know, (laughs) like, our email connection rate is is okay, but our phone connection rate's horrible. Okay, mm-hmm. let's double click on that. Yeah, you've been calling people that have retired 15 years ago. All sure. right, let's try to get some better data in there. On the flip side of that, I mean, people get scared, you know, because they, they want everything to be exactly perfect before. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is, you know, experimentation and, and, and rejection, yeah. you know, to be honest, in sales development. And so, um, you know, the people that do this have to have a thick skin, Oh yeah, you know, because they're going to get hung up on and people are going to get mad at them for bugging them and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's so you got to be careful about who's doing this job because, uh, you know, you got to build up pretty thick skin to do it. Yeah, we had a conversation. It was actually a a podcast episode uh, a couple of years back uh, where there was a, a... a property management company that was, had learned that the hard way. You know, c- certain property managers 
uh, personality types that are looking for constant affirmation and reassurance that they're doing a good job, they are never going to be successful in a property management role because the in property management, you're just being constantly told how you're doing a poor job uh, by by the by the tenants and the customers, right? So if that's your if if you're looking for constant aff- affirmation, then you probably should look at a different career. Same, I would imagine, same thing goes goes for true in the uh, uh, in that uh, sales development role. If you're looking for constant affirmation, it's probably not the role for you. Uh, but somebody that's yeah. looking for a challenge. So is, exactly from the, especially outbound. I mean, oh, yeah. outbound. Uh, sorry, I, I was just going to say outbound is you know, going outbound and getting beat up a little bit, you know, and, and stuff like that. Inbound, you know, is and a lot of companies, you know, they once they get to a certain size, they break the role into two. Yeah. So they've got an outbound team and an inbound team. And we always recommend, hey, it's a completely different uh, uh, personality type, you know, because the inbound is more analytical and making sure that all the, you know, dots are, I's are dotted or whatever, T's are crossed, everybody's followed up on. And they're almost like a customer service mm-hmm. type of mentality to make sure that the, the that inbound gets taken care of. Outbound yeah. is like, yeah. So so the when it comes to that process, so you're working on helping develop kind of these strategies, is the data management part, is that a big chunk of what you're bringing to the table is helping them understand how to collect data and how to manage the data? We do. Yeah. I mean, we, so we kind of break it down when we're working with clients. It comes down to uh, people, processes, and the technology that they're using. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a little play on the words of the prophet, uh, of Marcus Lemonis. Sure. <laughs> I think this is a people, process, and product. But we say you, you got to get the right people, mm-hmm. you know, in the seats. Obviously, that's super important. You got to have at least a basic technology stack, you know, which is um, data is a big part of that mm-hmm. and making sure that the data is good. It's flowing correctly. It's getting in front of the SDRs and they're using it correctly. And you've mm-hmm. got some metrics to monitor how it's working. But where we see the big room for improvement is in the process. Okay. So, you know, the, the, there's either no process, like we were saying, that's just left to the SDR to do, mm-hmm. or there's a playbook, you know, from five years ago that nobody's looked at. You know, it's just sitting gotcha. in Microsoft Word somewhere. And and we, we got to make sure that we get the process ironed out. Um, so that's where we usually spend a lot of time. Okay. That that I'm tracking with you. I, I recall uh, some information that I had seen before on developing uh, an understanding of your ideal customer, your ideal client type process. And and I think if that's what I'm understanding what you're saying, that is the big struggle point because, you know, again, look, you look at a lot of businesses, everybody is the ideal client. If they have money and they want to spend money with us, that's my ideal client. And it's a bit broad. And how can you target everybody? You know, so finding and again, you can correct me if I'm off base here, if I'm off, uh, if I'm off target. But if what I'm hearing you say is get serious and get somebody to help coach you through who are my ideal customers, business, you know, B2B or B2C. It is it really it doesn't make a difference at that point. But if it's B2B understanding this is the industry that we serve really well. These are the, the like you just said, the attributes that are associated with that and really refine that because now you have clearly 
defined your target versus just saying just call you know thumb through the the directory and just call whoever right and and you know and it depends on your your business so you might have a huge wide funnel of millions of people mm-hmm. or just you know you only call on like 50 huge accounts right so everybody's everybody's got a different one but one litmus test that we always use is uh, just walk up to a salesperson or an SDR and say, okay, give me the top three attributes of your uh, ideal account profile. Mm-hmm. Okay, boom, can you? Next, uh, where, give me the top three you know, players, the, the decision maker, the influencer, and the user. Tell mm-hmm. me about that. Yep. Okay, can you? And then the next one is of those, like pick one of those, what are their top three pain points? Mm-hmm. Like what are their biggest problems you know, universally that they're usually trying to solve. And, you know, if they can answer all that, then I mean, we're basically done. I mean, you know, because because they're they're essentially way ahead of the game. Most most salespeople can talk endlessly about the product mm-hmm. that they're selling. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that nobody cares about your product. <laughs> you know, you're selling a drill and people want to get a hole in the wall. Right. So you got to be able to flip it around and communicate that that quickly. So that's where we, we see a lot of room for improvement out there. Can you copy this key? That's a question we get asked about 3,422 times a year. And how can you actually be sure that the person who asked that question is supposed to get a copy of that key? Well, we think you should always know who can copy your keys to your business and your home because it could be your neighbor, an old employee, a contractor, or even worse, your mother-in-law. At LockDock Security, we believe in protected key systems, so you always know who has a copy of your key. To find out more, visit LockDock.net or stop by our Charlotte location. LockDock Security, helping you protect your people and your property. You just tapped in on one of my uh, one of my quirks, and we've been talking about this a lot internally and externally. The we talk, we want to talk less about, and it's just kind of overall marketing, but we want to talk less about the product that we offer and more of the problem that our product solves, right? Just kind of flipping that conversation around. That's exactly what I just heard you say, is all too often we get bogged down into the, the stats and dats of what our product is, and we totally miss the mark on the problem that it helps our customers solve. How are you helping pe- bring more awareness to that? Because you just kind of brought that up. You just kind of soft tossed that up and like, hey, here's <laughs> this is a really big nugget here. How are you helping to draw awareness to that? Um, or are you just trying to pound it in people's heads? Like what is the what's the process for saying you're talking about the wrong thing and let's kind of shift the conversation? Yeah, I mean, so awareness is the first thing. So we'll go back to the playbook. I mean, do, can we bust that out and, and look at the information that you have in your head. So I'm sure that a great uh, founder is a great salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's probably a lot of great salespeople that are on the call and they just know it intuitively. Yeah. You know, they, they live intuitively in the problems of their customers. That's yeah. why they're so great at sales. Sure. Because they, they really, really understand what, I mean, to be cliched, like what keeps them up at night? Mm-hmm. What, what's a pain in the neck? What do they hate? You know, and they go straight into that and they might not even talk about their product until the end, you yeah. know, and say, OK, you know, they're just great at discovery, you yeah. know, pulling out those those pain points of what what that all means. 
And so, you know, the, the, the quick takeaway for this is um, make sure that you have that information down on, on paper or on mm-hmm. pixels and that you're sharing that with especially the junior, you know, the SDRs and the junior salespeople. Because, um, you know, if they can really go deep into the problems of, of the customers, then that changes everything. It changes the messaging. It changes the questions that they ask. It changes everything, you know. Yeah the way that they're they're interacting with people because they're, they're flipping from like a vendor, you mm-hmm. know, to a problem solver that could potentially really, um, you know, increase their 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 pipeline, you know, because they're, they're having better conversations, right? So how do you do it? Step one, get it down on paper. Step two is you got to go out and, and talk to the people that are your customers or your potential customers mm-hmm. and just ask them a bunch of open-ended questions mm-hmm. about what their problems are. Yeah. Try to dig into, you know, a, a day in the life and and what what bugs them, mm-hmm. what what drives them crazy, what they hate about their job, and then, and, and and other things, you know. Sure, <laughs> sure. Why not? Everybody's got tons of problems. Exactly. Um, so that right. So you just got to be able to dig that out. So I want to give because I'm I'm listening to what you're saying, and I, I want to try to tie a practical application to it because I, I'm. I'm I'm fearful that maybe oftentimes I get a little too uh, vague in in a in a in a uh, description. So as a as a business owner, one of uh, it, when it comes to managing a fleet, so we're in a service business here. We have service vans that, that drive around. And one of the frustrations with dealing with that is purchasing the actual vehicles, right? The documentation associated with it. And so I want to give you a little bit of an example of of where I see pain point being a reality and switching around the conversation. So we ha- we were approached by a fleet management company that comes in and offers fleet management services. They came out of the gate with, we can give you better pricing, we can do this, and we can give you all of this data, we can present you this dashboard and all this stuff, like just all of the flashy stuff. And I was like, that does nothing for me. And they kept repeating that process, all of the features that, that, that they had with their fleet management offering. Through the conversation, they happen to stumble across the fact that part of what they do is when you go through the onboarding process, you sign uh, a, a basically a power of attorney document that gives, once you sign off one signature, you sign one signature to purchase a vehicle and they handle all the rest. Now, if you've ever purchased a, a vehicle before and you've had to sign all of the documentations for all of the process, it is annoying well, multiply that times five. You have to sit at a table and sign a corporate signature for five vehicles 20 times times five is just a, a nuisance. The pain wow. point that they, that they didn't even know about because they didn't ask was, do you get tired of sitting at the table signing uh, 20 signatures? Yes, I do. Okay, well, we have a solution that would alleviate that. That's a big fix. So what I, I guess where I'm coming from is, a lot of times we focus more on the shiny things. Here's this big dashboard that we can provide you. Here's this fancy widget or gadget that we have. And it totally misses the mark on why it would be relevant to that individual. And we have to find what is the thing that annoys them about, like you just said, annoys them about their job, but specifically annoys them about their job related to our industry. And find that, then you can go in and talk to them about a solution. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you basically just ran down 
the biggest problem, especially in the tech industry, mm-hmm. like in software sales, there literally the the art of discovery has has like disappeared for mm-hmm. some reason. And I don't, I don't understand why, because I sold sales training products early in my career. And and it, 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 we know about this, it, you know, that, that we, we need to get um, amazing at asking open-ended questions and drawing out the pain points and the problems that people have. Mm. And for some reason, I think we've just gotten so enamored with the dashboards and the shiny, you know, buttons and all this stuff that people just, we used to call it show up and throw up, you know, and it's just, it's, it's like such a huge opportunity Mm -hmm. uh, for, for people to stand out. Because, like you said, you had this this major pain point. Mm-hmm. Your your hand is probably this this claw that just sort of hangs <laughs> limply on the side of your body at this point, and they stumbled on it by luck, mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you hit it right on the head. So if if you're taking anything away from this, one is, um, you know, write write down your your customers. So start there. If you mm-hmm. don't know who your customers are, then you got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And then ne- number two is at least for the decision maker, influencer, and user, get three pain points that you hear a lot that they're struggling with. It hurts to write so many contracts. Um, mm-hmm. I hate dealing with fleet management. Uh, the the whole system's a, a train wreck. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. I got my three pain points. Now just problems, problems, problems. Just talk about the problems mm-hmm. and then come in at the end with, here, dude, I'm going to take away all of your problems. All you have to do is sign this. Yeah. Chick, click, done. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I appreciate the information you've get. I've got two pages of of notes here that I'm trying to uh, trying to go through. And, and one of the big things that's sticking out is the art of discovery. I think we struggle with that as a whole, right? You you hit that on the on the head. Figuring that out and and going in through this process and reliving it as frequently as possible. Who are my top customers? What are the attributes? What are their pain points? And processing that over and over again and all clarifying it continually because that's where you're going to, if you can do that, implementing sales development reps and account executives and um, customer success teams, all of those things are going to fall in line because you're going to have consistency across the board based off of that. Um, and I think that's, we start at the other, it's very easy to start it the other way. And the, the, the phrase that comes to mind is if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. So if it was easy to come up with all this information, everybody would be doing it, but they're not. So now here's our challenge as business owners, business leaders to come in and say, okay, this is what we, we need to focus here. And then we can implement all these other things, but we have to do the hard work first to get prepared and and uh, and then ready to go out to market. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's why they put the expensive liquor on the top shelf, right? Because it's hard to get to. So none of this stuff is easy, but it, it's it's worth it. I mean, if you think about it, you can you could uh, revolutionize the company, really. Because if you go from, oh, I've got this amazing product and I'm just trying to sell a product, 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 product that, that you know, nobody cares about. They care about their problems. Yep. And they need help fixing their problems. And so that could go all the way through from sales to the product development that you're doing. So, so you've got a, re- a couple of resources available, obviously your website called tinbound.com. And then you have a sales development framework book that is available um, on Amazon. 
Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you could save a lot of money. Just this is very inexpensive and you can get all this information. So it's a, I'll make it a little bit easier for you. There so, you go. Uh, I, I tell everybody all the time to make sure you click the affiliates link so I can get uh, I can get my, my commission off of it. And I don't actually have an affiliates link, which is the bummer. Hey, Dave, thanks again for joining us today. Man, lots of great information. I've got my notes. I'm going to start working on it in our organization. Make sure we're refining this and really revisit our top customers' attributes um, and the decision makers and mostly those pain points, getting working on that art of discovery. So thank you very much for sharing that information with us today. As a reminder, brand new episode every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Make sure you're subscribed, lockdoc.net slash podcast, and we'll see you next time.